2: Thousands of families in Cagayan, Marikina, and Rizal are still reeling from the flooding in their communities. Of course, all of this happened at the height of Typhoon Ulysses, but some experts are saying the typhoon is not the only culprit here.
0: Not just experts, Rob. Students have gone on strike, holding the government accountable for the many lives that were lost.
2: Mula po sa Quezon City, ako si Robbie Alampay, Puma Podcast.
0: At ako si Inday Espina Varona. It's November 16. Ito ang Teka Teka, balita para sa mga hulis balita.
2: Teka Teka, before we proceed, if you're listening to Teka Teka, then chances are you already also know about Puma Podcast. But please be aware that we have also now put Teka, Teka on its own channel wherever you podcast. So if you want to binge just the news, please do follow Teka Teka. But continue to follow Puma Podcast because as you know, marami tayong ginagawa na iba pang mga proyekto.
0: A lot of people are still trying to make sense of the flooding that took place during Typhoon Ulysses, in particular the one in Region 2 throwing worst flood to hit Cagayan Valley in 40 years.
2: And the thing is, now we're getting the sense na hindi yung ulan ang factor sa or at least hindi lang yung ulan. It was the decision and the process by which water was released from Magat Dam that a lot of people, including government officials, are looking at.
0: That's right. Ulysses made landfall on Wednesday night over Quezon Province. And on Friday, dam operators... Opened seven gates that discharge more than 6,000 cubic meters of water per second.
2: Now, Infrawatch PH, that's a think tank, looked at the reports of Pagasa and they're saying, hindi namukang minadale yung pag release ng tubig sa dam. More than that, they're saying government officials, dam operators should be held accountable and they say they have basis to say this. Kat Ventura spoke with Infrawatch PH convener Terry Ridon.
3: Robbie and I, many of us were surprised when on November 13, we were seeing reports and photos of residents in Region 2 calling for help after their area was flooded. Families were trapped from their homes because of the continuous rise of flood water and many of them had to stay on the roof of their homes because the water was that high. Apart from the rains brought by the five consecutive typhoons in the last three weeks, the flooding was made worse when Magat Dam opened its seven gates to release water after the dam reached its spilling level. Here's Terry Redon from InfraWatch
4: PH. We had to look at all the reports of pagasa for the entire year, yung daily reports nila, and we saw there na the dam remained viable 264 meters. So, ibig sabihin, meron talagang wide latitude to do a gradual drawdown. So, I'm not a scientist to say how much, ano? But probably I would say na hindi yung level that they did it in the last uh, week no na 188 to 190 yung pong uh, maintained and they even closed the gates no.
3: Redon and his team reviewed Bagasse's daily dam report in the last two and a half weeks, and they found some unusual patterns in the release of water.
4: What does the maggot protocol state? It states that the second, you should be undertaking a drawdown already. And what is the second and third day from landfall? November 9 and November 8. Kasi November 11 yung landfall eh, di ba? So basically, sarado pa yung gate ng November 8. And they opened the gates ng November 9 based on their statement at 3 p.m. So basically, they violated their own protocol and someone has to explain why they did it. You have successive typhoons in the last two and a half weeks. Why did you have to close it? Aren't you supposed to do a gradual drawdown anticipating that the watershed will be inundated with water and just to be safe and to make sure that communities ultimately will not be flooded because you opened seven gates. They should have had that foresight to do it, but they did not. So they have to explain it to the public.
3: As of today, 67 people have died because of Typhoon Ulysses. 22 of these people are from Cagayan. InfraWatch is now urging the government to review its policies on discharging water from dams.
4: Ultimately, accountability rests on the heads of the agencies. No? And what is very curious today is, like to Torancela today, eh. Nia was saying that no, it's Pagasa who calls the shut on drawing it down. Except Pagasa would say that Nia is the one that's operating the dam, so it's Nia that is pushing the switch, di ba? to open the gates. Kaya nga, natin, parang walang timon, there is no one that can be made accountable for who will call the shots on making the leadership call to open the dam and not to open the dam belatedly. ba? So, ako, ang ko, it should be the head of NIA, it should be the head of NTC. Siyempre, moving forward, what is important is, it cannot be left to them alone. It cannot be left to NIA alone. It cannot be left to NAPACOR alone. To call that shot, kasi nga, you have to make a leadership choice eh, di ba? what you're saying, it needs a cabinet-level authority to make a decision on the dam discharge. And to be fair to government, this is something that they are looking at today to authorize NDRRMC as the authority on the discharge of dams during the typhoon season.
2: Maraming salamat, Kat Ventura.
0: Still on Typhoon Ulysses, Rob, i just like to point out one more facet of this disaster, especially in Tugagarao City, Cagayan. And this is the admission of their mayor, Jefferson Sarriano, na iniwan niya yung city even as Pagasa and the RRMC and other agencies were warning of severe floods that could come from Typhoon Ulysses. Now, Sansha, He was celebrating his birthday with his family.
4: Ang protocol po is kailangan kong storm signal, hindi po kami aalis. So ang uh, sinunod po, po yung protocol ng, uh, ng uh, local government code po na magpaalam ka kung
0: aalis ka. And all over social media, students are changing their profile pictures in support of a mass student strike initiated by students from the Ateneo de Manila University. Pero kumalat na ito sa iba pang colleges. They are using the hashtags no student left behind, and hear your students.
2: That's right. They're protesting government's quote, criminally neglectful response to Typhoon Ulysses. But more than that, in reality, many students are just concerned that after these recent disasters, a lot of students could be left behind. They have limited access to water, electricity, and of course, all that all crucial access to the internet. And they're calling on schools to be considerate of these things, whether or not or how to continue schools moving forward. Nina Turalba tells us more.
5: Robbie and Dai, over 150 students from the Ateneo signed a statement Saturday, November 14, declaring a mass student strike in the wake of Typhoon Ulysses. The strike was also declared in solidarity with victims of COVID-19 and previous typhoons Quinta and Roli, and to allow students to participate in initiatives addressing these crises. Student bodies from other colleges and universities have since called for the suspension of classes, which have faced numerous challenges since the current academic year opened on October five. Higitparito, the University of the Philippines student body is calling to end the current semester and for the university to declare mass promotion or the passing of all students in their current units in light of these challenges. As of this report, several schools, including the Ateneo, the UP System, the University of Santo Tomas, and the Polytechnic University of the Philippines, have temporarily suspended all classes beginning today, November 16. Other schools have yet to announce suspension. President Duterte responded to the Ateneo students' criticism of the way the government handled the recent crises, saying, quote, We cannot run it faster, The president's absence at the height of typhoons Raleigh and Ulysses prompted Filipinos to trend the hashtag, ang Ito naman ang sagot ni presidential spokesperson Harry Roque sa mga mag
1: ay eh, babagsak po kayo dahil wala namang bilang isang dating profesor. Kahit anong dahilan ang sinasabi yung strike, pag hindi kayo sumunod sa mga academic requirements, mawawal lang kayo na kilabukasan, hindi kayo graduate sa, sa Ateneo.
5: Roque was seen singing at a Baguio City bar the night before the statement was released.
2: Maraming salamat, ni Naturalba.
0: Rob Typhoon Ulysses only dumped a third of the rain brought by Typhoon Ondoy. Pero sa Marikina City, ang sabi ng mga residente ay yung was like Typhoon Ondoy all over again. Marikina City was the hardest hit in Metro Manila and the Riverside Provident Village was submerged once more in muddy water. Hi,
1: I am Roxanne Abwell and I am a resident of Provident Village, Marikina City. Yes, yes, it is comparable but I would say na mas malakas pa rin yung Undoy and then yung shock value ng ondoy ay mas malala pa rin. ondoy is really a flash flood. Parang compared to Ulysses, napigyan kami ng time ni Ulysses to really be calm. Sa ondoy talaga parang wala talaga like everything is in panic. Wala na talaga magagawa kung umakit na siya. Pero yung lakas ng hangin ng Ulysses, napakalakas talaga nun for me. Nakakatakot talaga siya na parang magugunaw yung mundo dahil sa lakas ng hangin. Kahit brownout, nag kami na mag-akit ng mga gamit and all. Pero hindi lahat ng gamit. So, parang dahil brownout ka rin, mahirap mag-akit ng uh, malalaking bagay. Sobrang nahirapan kami. ayon mga 7am Matutulog pa lang yung mga pinsan ko kasi hindi na nga sila nakatulog ng mataling araw. Pero paglang nakita na nila sa labas ng bahay namin na may flood water na na nag-rise. Tapos na kami, oh no, umaakit yung tubig, let's go, let's go. Tapos kinakabahan na kami. E once na nag-start na yung pag-akit ng waters, um talagang tuloy-tuloy na yon, As in, medyo mabilis na siya. Tapos eventually, nag-hakot-hakot na kami it's a good blessing that we have lots of people inside the house to help in bringing up stuff
2: and among other things that officials are looking at also apart from the fact that these are low-lying areas they are located in valleys they have river deltas and they have always been in harm's way so to speak and among other things experts are also looking at the ground and its ability to absorb water many are theorizing that the water could have been overly saturated also given three consecutive typhoons.
0: November 15. Yesterday was the death anniversary of slain botanist Leonard Ko. It's been 10 years since Koh was slain as he and his team were conducting biodiversity research in Leyte. They were fired upon by members of the armed forces of the Philippines during an alleged crossfire. Ko and his family are still
2: calling for justice, and here at Puma Podcast, we look into his legacy and his work's impact on communities who have no access to modern medicine. What exactly were his contributions to research on and conservation of Philippine flora? And of course, we ask, who were the people who followed his footsteps? And what is the status of environmental defenders in the Philippines today? Have things changed? Stay on for this three-part series we are creating with support from Internews Earth Journalism Network. That's all for today's episode of Teka Teka. Let's end with this. Alam nyo ba what this is about? 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. Ignition. Follow our page, Teka Teka, for more news stories and Puma Podcast for more updates on our new podcast. Muli ako po si Robbie Alampay, Puma Podcast.
0: At ako si Inday Espina Parona.
2: Teka Teka, like Puma Podcast, is available on Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. This episode was produced by our executive producer, Kat Ventura. It was edited by Mark Casillan.
0: With reports from Nina Torralba and Chris Casillan,